Okay. Um, I just want to, uh, before I speak tonight, I want to just sort of um, set it up a little bit because in, in this place we, we're speaking to many uh, different categories of people. You know, there's people who've had a religious background. We've got people who've never been in church in all their lives. We've got, you know, all, all sorts of stages of understanding. And sometimes it's very difficult to know how to pitch uh, a thing when we speak because, um, you know, we want to bring revelation, but at the same time, um, sometimes it can be um, just a little bit difficult to know how to pitch it. So what I'm, what I'm basically asking for you is, is to be tolerant and to be patient because sometimes you know um, there are things that I bring because I know God's dealing with me and trying to strip away stuff that I've sort of uh, carried all my life I mean I was born into a family uh, of of believing Christians and I've never known anything else uh, but to be brought up uh, with the knowledge of God right now that sounds all very well unless it's stuff that's actually got in the way of, you know, what would you call it, a a healthy Christian existence, and then some of those things have got to be stripped away. So sometimes I'm aware that that's what God's doing in my life, so I bring that, and, uh, and yet some of you out there are thinking, well, I've never had that in my life before, so why are you telling me about that? You're only basically telling me something I didn't need to know. Does that make sense? Um... But that's why I recognize that as a house, we all need to be contributing into the pot. Because if, if, if I only look at it from my point of view, I'm going to miss some people. But if you're speaking out of your experience, we're, we're going to reach everybody. Does, does that make sense? So um, I'm going to do my best to try and keep it general. But who knows? <laughs> anyway, I really felt that what God wanted me to bring this week and it's been on my heart a lot so I've I, I looked at other things and I kept coming back to this so I'm going to just be be uh, obedient and if you can put up on the uh, the screen for me John chapter 10 in the message please and it's um it's a passage that if you've read the Bible I mean I don't know do people read the Bible much nowadays interesting we were brought up to read it a lot you see and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not making that as a suggestion that you should. It's just, that, can you see how things have changed? So when I bring a passage, it's no good me assuming that you know and you've read it and you've had some sort of an interpretation of it, which you might not. But I'll do my best. Um, I need some hankies. I know that's what I'm going to need any minute, so can somebody help my... I think I've got some in the middle of my pocket. Oh, my... Somebody's gone anyway. All right. Um, basically... This, oh, thank you so much. As I often say, I'm a bit of a blubberer, get very emotional. Um, this uh, story, well, it's Jesus talking to a bunch of people, if it's coming up in a little while. John chapter 10, verse 1, some of you will be familiar with it, others won't, so I'll just read it. But what's interesting, it's about... Jesus calling himself the good shepherd, and Joel's just beautifully sung uh, the song about being, uh, him being the shepherd of our heart. But what's very interesting, this little exchange that he has uh, is, in, is sandwiched in the middle of two things. Just before 
this, ex this exchange, uh, there's been a, a story of a blind man being healed. And it's really quite lovely. This guy who's been blind from birth gets healed. He really pisses off everybody with that. I mean, would you believe that the leaders of the church of the day get so upset because Jesus has healed a blind man? Makes you think, what's that all about? Why would anybody be upset at somebody being healed? Well, I'll tell you straight away now. It's because in those days, if you were sick or born blind, it was because you had done something wrong and therefore you deserved what you had. That was just what you had coming to you. So the very fact that Jesus would heal somebody was suggesting that they didn't deserve what they had and somehow they were getting something of a, a gift or something of a grace. Very nice. And that's exactly why these uh, leaders of, of the, 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 you know, the religious leaders at the time were, were, were so unhappy. So that's just what's happened. And then we have this exchange. And then after that, in the next chapter, we have uh, a festival going on, which was celebrating what uh, we understand today is, is Hanukkah, which is a Jewish festival. We'll get to that later, but I'm just placing it for you, if that's okay. This is where this story is. So that the people who Jesus is talking to are the people who've experienced this blind man getting healed and they're also about to go to this festival. So let's just read it together. Uh, I'm reading it from the message, but if I look at any verses later, can you put it up in the King, New King James, please? Thank you. This is just nicely to read it. So it says this. Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. A sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told this simple story. Would you agree it's quite a simple story? Would you? Yeah. <laughs> But they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others, and this, we're going to come back to this verse in, in a minute, but in the New King James Version. All those others are up to no good, sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for will freely go in and out and find pasture. I love that because I believe that, you know, I've been in church a long time, but that was never showed to me like that. It was, you'll go in and you're going to be locked in. The door's going to be barred and you won't be able to enjoy anything of life. But it says here, you'll go in and out and find pasture. Sounds like a good life to me, doesn't it to you? And if that's not what you're experiencing in your Christian life at this moment, then something's not right. Will you accept that from me? Because Jesus offers in and outness, that means flexibility, movement, freedom, and pasture. Sounds all right to me. I could just stop there and say, right, couldn't we? Awesome. Anyway, let's carry on. But look what it says then. A thief 
is only there to kill, sorry, steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd. Now, let me say that again, but let me say better. So I read it quite wrong. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd puts the sheep before himself, sacrifices himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep means nothing to him. He sees a wolf coming and runs for it, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. Right, let's just leave that there and talk about it for a little minute. You see, if we picture there's a whole bunch of sheep owned by different people, but they're all penned together in one place. Because that's how it used to be in those days. They used to have sheep owned by many people, but at night time they'd gather them all together. But you see, when the morning came, the shepherds would turn up and they'd make a, a noise or whatever. How Riley goes, it's really good. Have you, if you ask him to whistle, it's beautiful. So he just puts his finger against his mouth and he goes, it's beautiful. Oh, I do like it. I don't know whether the shepherd did that, but I mean, he'd have his sound, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? And those sheep would hear the voice and they would gather together to follow and he would take them out. Lovely, beautiful picture. Um, but the question is, who are these that Jesus is talking about who are up to no good? Who is he referring to? Now, the sheep get freaked out at unfamiliar voices, but he actually says, no, when somebody turns up who tries to get in, not through the door, but a different way, the sheep aren't even going to listen. They're not going to be uh, taking any notice. But who is he talking about? See, another question is, who are the sheep? We know that they hear the sound of the shepherd, and he says they are his sheep, but who are they? So Jesus is saying, look, whatever is going on, I'm the real deal. I'm the genuine article. First of all, I am the door, because he says I'm the gate, you know, to the sheep pen. I'm the legitimate entrance into something very special, into the kingdom, something really wonderful. And secondly, he's also the good shepherd of the sheep, good shepherd. Now, the very fact that he's talking about being good means that potentially he's pointing out that there are those that are bad. Wouldn't you agree? You can respond. Really is okay. So now, let me tell you this. He says, he says, these others up to now, they've been nothing but thieves and robbers. Now, my history is, when it gets to that verse, and I can't remember what verse it was now, because uh, I, I, I had it in the message, so I haven't picked it out, but it says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, my history was that this was talking about the devil. So there was only two people in this story. There was either God, who was the good shepherd of the sheep, or there was the devil who basically was the thief and he came and climbed in through whatever was not the door and tried to kill and destroy the sheep. Now that, I don't know, that might be an interpretation, but we do have a problem that because he doesn't just talk about 
there being one uh, thief and robber. It says, all those who came before me were thieves and robbers. So, how can we just be talking about, quote, the devil or Satan, whatever you want to call it? Is this making sense? He says, all those, and actually, will you put that up? It's, it's verse 8 in the New King James, if you can do it for me. It says, all whoever came before me were thieves and robbers. So, who are all that came? Have you, have you put it up there? So, at least, which, which verse is it? Uh, somebody point it out. Bottom, right. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but then he says, that, but the sheep didn't listen. So who are all these that came bef before him? I was told that it was just the devil. Who, who else heard that? Who else was given that? Right? But he says, all who came before me. So he must be talking about, now, is he talking about Abraham? Is he talking about Moses? Is he talking about, uh, you know, the people of I don't think so, because they were written up pretty good, weren't they? So, thieves and robbers. So, let's give this some his, historical context. You, you might enjoy this, you might not. You might be bored out of your pants, but who cares? I like finding stuff out, don't you? I like it when my theology gets challenged. Because I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want something that was handed to me as a kid from my parents. And literally, now I'm coming up 57 in a, in a, in a few months. And I'm thinking, is this all it's going to be? No, it's, it's, it's developed. It's grown. It's become more amazing than it ever was. And it's all because I was willing to let go of some stuff and pick up fresh revelation. And this is what we're trying to do tonight. So, so just hang with me. So who are all those who came before him? Now, up to Jesus's appearance, there had been many self-proclaimed messiahs. Did you know that? Google it. It's so exciting. I'm going to give you some of the names. See, when it talks in the Bible about the age to come, the world to come, and how many times do you read that? not talking about eternity after we die, you know. It was talking about in the minds of the Jewish people, the age to come and the world to come was when this Messiah was going to arrive, this guy that was sent by God, who was going to deliver them from the oppression of the Romans, or before that it was whoever else it was, the Babylonians, and then before that it was somebody else, and before that was somebody else. Do you get me? So they had this great idea that this age we are in is an age of oppression, but in the world to come, and in the age to come, we are going to be delivered because God's going to send a man and we are going to be delivered. That's the Messiah. Do you, do you get it? So they're looking for this Messiah. So would you like to hear some of the Messiahs that came in the first century around the same time as Jesus? Do you want to hear some great names? Athronges. Get that one. Do you know he was actually a shepherd? Ooh. So when he's talking about, I am the Good shepherd. Oh, isn't it interesting that we had somebody who was a self-proclaimed Messiah who actually was a shepherd? Oh, I think that's dead. Good. Anyway, okay. Uh, he was a right rebel and he led a re revolt and he got a whole bunch of people killed and of course he didn't win or anything like that. Then there was a guy called Simon of Perea. You might say, well, what's, what, why are you telling us all this? I'm just building up my case, if that's all right. Manahem ben Judah, 
Dosithios, ooh, I like that name. Judas Bar Hezekiah, Theodos, oh, and I like this one. Moses of Crete, now he was after Jesus, but listen to this. He persuaded the Jews of Crete to walk into the sea, just as Moses had done, in order that they could get back to Israel from Crete. It says, disastrous results. I think so. Can you imagine? It's a bit like King Canoose, isn't it? You know, you will stop or whatever. So anyway, point I'm trying to make, there was a whole bunch of self-proclaimed messiahs who decided that here we are, we're here, we're going to deliver the Israelites. So when Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I'm the real deal, of course, if you look at the, the scriptures around this particular part, they're asking him all the time, are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? Because they're desperate to find out, has, has the moment come when we're finally going to be delivered? So they were familiar with self-proclaimed Messiahs. Jesus was just another one to them. And like I said at the beginning, this festival of Hanukkah was another one of these festivals to celebrate one of these messiahs that had risen up to try and deliver uh, the, the, the country of Israel from the oppression and that's what they were celebrating because you see what had happened they'd been under this uh, uh, rule I, I can't even, I, whether it was Assyria or whoever I apologize I haven't, I haven't got the name of, of the country who was dominating them but what had happened was the people had risen up they'd fought back and basically they took the land again they took back the temple and so this festival was in order to say we won look at this look where we're at we noticed though that they're actually holding the festival while under the domination now of the Romans didn't work so good, did it? But you know what I mean. They're holding their festivals, so you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, you see, the issue was that this sort of thing really did ring their bell. They loved what Jesus was saying about, I am the good shepherd. I'm the one who's going to lead the sheep. I'm the one who's going to take this forward because they, they hear the bell ringing of Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. But the moment he starts offering something different from a violent, warrior-type, I suppose you could call it, terrorist attack on their enemy, they weren't really up for that, you see. Because what he was offering wasn't very glamorous. There was no glory. There was just death. Death for who? Well, there was death for their Messiah, for one thing. And if you think about it, he was suggesting because it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He's saying, if you're going to come my way and I am your Messiah, the way that I am going is going to take you into a position of death. Now, immediately we think, oh dear, you know, that's us dying. You know. No, I'm talking about death to situations. You know, I've, this week I've had a, stuff going on in me where I've wanted to rise up and put stuff right. <laughs> Have you ever had weeks like that? Where stuff's going on and you want to put stuff right and you want to actually take action and almost fight. Oh, I'll, oh. And yet what God's actually saying to me, no, let it go. Leave it alone. I'm thinking, 
I don't want to. Come on, be honest with me. You're all like that. Come on, be honest. Yeah, you see, the others that came before him had one thing in common. They gathered to the energy of hate and violence and such superiority about who they were as a nation that they didn't care who they killed in order to become what they wanted to be. But you see, I said it at Christmas time and, I, and, I, and it, it means a lot to me. I actually believe that the, the true gospel does not operate like that. See, religion wants to protect itself. Religion wants to preserve itself. Religion will kill and put down and maim in order to, to keep itself alive. But that's not the, the gospel of Christ. He says, no, I would rather lay down my life than impose anything upon you. I'm not going to kill for this. I will be killed. See, that's, that's the message of the gospel, and it's so fantastic. So here's the thing. They understood this business of taking things by force. Basically, if we kill off the bad guys, then everything will be okay. We'll bring in the reign of God into our time and into our, 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 our um, era. But the problem is, if you kill the bad guy, what do you become? <laughs> yeah, we don't think of that, do we? Oh, yes, but it was a good reason. Oh, I had a good motive. No, if you kill the bad guy, what do you become? Don't, don't ever forget this. It's just the recycling of violence over and over again. A new way was required, and it was called enemy love. And this is what Jesus was saying about him uh, being the good shepherd. So they rejected Jesus, and you'll find... Uh, in the stories around it, they're constantly asking, are, are you the Messiah? Is he, uh, you know? They didn't like him. They were having a right to debate, wanting to, well, at one point they're saying, you, you know, you're of the, your father, the devil. Even Jesus is saying that of them, but they're also saying to him, you've got a demon. We have got a right row going on here. But anyway, who else could Jesus have been referring to? Because he, he talked about, Good, the good, him being the good shepherd. So who were bad shepherds? The Pharisees had up to this time set themselves up as true shepherds of God's flock. But Jesus said, nah, you are nothing but thieves and robbers. Now, don't you find it interesting that what we've got here is a historical context about what's going on in the nation and also what was going on in the, the church at that time. And so... Jesus is saying to them, no, the reason why you are bad shepherds is because you're not coming through the correct, uh, the correct door, the door of love, acceptance and forgiveness, the one of laying down your life. You're not coming through that, that door. You're climbing over a fence somehow to try and make yourself something, but you're not coming through the right way. And you're just trying to get the sheep to follow you by another, another method. Now, the story, as I was telling you, fits in the middle of uh, a situation that happened with a man that was born blind. And it was just so interesting because after they'd questioned this guy, these are the Pharisees, they said to him at the end, he said, 
I don't care what you have to say, because he's giving such a great testimony of the fact that he was healed. He doesn't know how it happened. He just knows that once he was blind, but now he can see. That's pretty brilliant, isn't it? He doesn't need detail. Once he was blind, now he sees. But you see, the Pharisees were very unhappy with that. That just didn't fit their, you know, the way of doing things, like I mentioned at the beginning. And they said at the end to him, this is just so sad. And think of it in the terms of a bad shepherd, because this is what Jesus is saying. I'll point out bad shepherds for you. Listen to this. The Pharisees said to the man who could now see, and he'd gone into the temple to be part of the whole thing that was going on. He said, you were completely born in sins, And now you're trying to tell us what to do or what to believe or what to think. He says, and they cast him out. Oh, that sounds like a good shepherd, doesn't it? I think not. A bad shepherd. Because they're saying, whether you can see now or not, the reason why you were blind in the first place, because you were a sinner... And a sinner you will always be. And on that basis, you're not welcome in this place. (gasps) Can you see how he's identifying who are the bad shepherds? Great example, isn't it? You were born a loser. You'll always be a loser. You haven't got anything to teach us. But you know, I was thinking, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to that man in his life. Think about it. He could have turned into a right religious mess, couldn't he? Because he could have gone into the church with his eyes open. But what had been said in the previous chapter was, Jesus was saying, do you know what? I've come to some of you, you think you can see. And others are blind. But actually the ones who can see are the ones that are blind. And the ones that are blind actually can see. Do you get it? So I think the best thing that happened was he was not welcomed in that place probably kept him as a but what was lovely is it it says this that when Jesus heard that he'd been chucked out Jesus went and found him and he connected with him what an experience just think about that what an experience being rejected by what was supposed to be the shepherds of the church but then coming into contact with the real deal the genuine article so there's one verse that's lovely in verse 16 and I don't know if we can just quickly go to that because I know we're running out of time but just follow me here it says this and other sheep I have which are not of this fold them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd oh that's great isn't it what what is this talking about He's actually saying that, okay, there are, there are sheep there, here, that hear my voice, they hear my sound, they follow me. But he's saying, there's others out there that are my sheep, and I'm going to bring them in. Do you know, I think that that's absolutely amazing, because I believe that in every culture, in every religion, in every part of the world, there are people, there are sheep who are hearing the sound of Jesus and they don't even know it's Jesus, but they hear the sound and they're thinking, I know, I, I get that sound. And they follow it. And they're not even sure what's going on. But he says, I'm going to gather them and there will be, eventually, there will be one flock with one shepherd. 
Isn't that just awesome? I think that's amazing. Now, listen to this. Jesus is not just the good shepherd of those who believe. The sheep are not just exclusive to what we call Christianity, but they're found everywhere. But this this is what I want to say, and I want to take you to John chapter 3, verse 20, please, if you can, in the New King James as well. How do you know if you are a true sheep? Well, he says in that, in that little story, it says, first of all, you'll recognize the sound of the shepherd. You'll follow his ways. But I want to just have this scripture now, 20. But look at this. I love this. And I'm going to add this to how you know whether you're a sheep or not. Just look at this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And we know that basically Jesus was the light of the world, right? And does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But this verse 21 just blew me away. Look what it says. It doesn't say, but he who does right. Can you see? Verse 21. But he who does the truth. That's weird. Have Have you noticed that? Those who do evil, they don't come to the light. But he who does the truth comes to life. How do you do truth? Oh, I think this is dead exciting. Usually we say we tell the truth, but this is saying do truth. For me, I think this is very exciting because you see, doing the truth is more to do with exposing all that you are, whether it be right or wrong to the light. That's doing truth. I hope you're getting that because I think it's so lovely. That his deeds may be clearly seen that they have... This is freaky. Look at this. That they have been done in God. In God. As though somehow he was authorizing it or giving permission for it. I don't think so. What he's saying is that, you know what? It's, it's in it. It's in it all. But he's saying, you be who you are. Just expose yourself to the light. Now, you see, you'll say, oh, well, it's easy to expose yourself to the light if everything that you're doing is Okay. And that's how people want to live. I'll expose myself to the light, providing that I've got it all together. But actually, Jesus is saying, don't expose yourself to the light when you've got it all together. Expose yourself to the light because you just want to be known by the shepherds. Is this making, making sense? So we come into church and we think, oh, we'll come into church and if I've got it all together, I'll be fine. I'll expose myself to the light. No, we say we expose ourselves to the light because I'm going to do truth. Isn't that lovely? And, and Jesus, who we often believe, and of course, our attitude towards God is so sad because we believe God's out there ready to beat us over the head all of the time. He's saying, no. Do truth and we're okay. I don't mind if it's right or wrong. Do truth and we're fine. And this is how you know whether you're a sheep. You'll hear his voice. 
you'll follow his ways, which are not ways of violence. It's the way of laying down your life, letting it go, giving it up, being willing to say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll die to all of this, which I'm not being the clever shanks. It's, it does your head in. But then as well, we do truth. Is this making sense? Darkness equals dishonesty. When we live in darkness, it's because we don't want to be seen. But when we do truth, it says there, we come to the light. We come to it. Oh, let's do truth. Let's do truth. Okay, just one more thing to say. We often have a there's a wonderful verse, John 3:16. It says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have ever everlasting life." How many of you have learned that and have known that since you were children? Yeah. What gets me about that is we hear things like "everlasting life" and "shall not perish," and immediately we go into all this idea about how God is this awful person who's going to separate, and of course, and I'm going to bring this one day because I've been working on it, the whole understanding of separating the sheep from the goats. But you see, the truth is that whatever is going to happen in that period of time, it's all about God bringing us to a place of restoration. And if God is the good shepherd... How can he possibly not look after his sheep? Now you say, oh yes, but you know, the sheep have got to be careful that they don't do this, they don't do that. I'm sorry, that's too conditional for me. I'm, I'm either going to be the sheep of his care, exposing myself to the light and believing in, in him. You know, and, and I just wanted, just very, I know we're, we're running out of time, but just let me say this. There's a scripture about, um, no, I don't know whether I should go here or not. Mm. Well, eternal does not mean endless. Let's just leave it at that. But it's to do with a period of enabling the thing that was problematic to become cured. I'm being very, very simple. And I'm going to relate it to a scripture that, uh, that I think it's in Peter and I haven't put it down. I'm really sorry. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I feel I need to say it. So you see, for instance, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire, right? And it's called punishment and eternal judgment, right? It was reduced to ashes, right? But it says again that it's going to be restored, how can something that's endured eternal punishment suddenly get restored? But it says it's going to be. If that's the case about a place which we know wasn't so good, right? And there can be redemption and restoration for that. Doesn't that give you hope about your life? 
I am the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? He lays down his life for the sheep. Who are the sheep? The sheep are the ones who hear his voice, follow his ways, and what? Do truth. What's doing truth? It's not making sure we're getting it right. It's saying whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I'm exposing it to the light, and God's saying, you're my sheep. Anybody happy about doing truth more than they ever were? Jeff said something, I think it was Jeff, but he says the church ought to be the place where we can be open and truthful about where we are. Now, 12 years ago, it, it didn't go well with me when I was truthful about myself. It really didn't because everybody wants people who profess to be Christians to be so perfect and getting it all right and it's ridiculous. It just does not work. What we have is an incredible shepherd who looks after his sheep, right? And I'm just telling you in this place, we are creating a, 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 an environment where people can do truth. Yeah. And be a sheep. Is that okay? Does anybody feel that they want to respond and do some truth? I don't mean stand here and, you know, blurt out all your history or whatever. Who wants to say, do you know what? I get that. I, I, suddenly something's dawned on me. Doing truth is not getting everything right. Doing truth is just being open to the light. Anybody feel you want to do that? If you do, well then let's just, just make some sort of gesture or stand and we're just going to pray. Because you know what? I believe that the world's crying out. People out there are crying out for, for the genuine article. And when Jesus said, I'm the genuine article, I'm the good shepherd, and I'm going to give my life for the sheep. See, they didn't want him because they were looking for something else. They were looking for somebody who was going to restore things in a particular way. But what people are looking for is people who are willing to do truth and say, you know, regardless of my life, I am known by the shepherd. I'm loved by the shepherd. I'm forgiven by the shepherd. He knows my name. And you know what? I'm going in and out and I'm finding pasture. Awesome. Just stand with me. Thanks, Georgie. You're so encouraging, sweetheart. Thank you, babe. Love you so much. Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll just bypass anything that I've said or misunderstandings that, that I may have brought for whatever reason, by mistake or whatever. And you'll just bypass all that because you are the good shepherd and you are going to lead us into incredible pastures and into incredible places because you are good. You're good. And we bless you, Lord, that you're good. So, Lord, as we go our way now, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be hovering uh, over people's lives, bringing to life the word that has been spoken. And uh, we, we just thank you, Father, that you are an incredible good shepherd. And uh, we give you praise right now. Name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you.